Hey everyone, this is Nikki James, and you are listening to another wrestling podcast. Oh. <laughs> it's time for uh, another wrestling podcast. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at the bender is the bender was, and the bender ever will be. They got the answers. I change the questions. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. These are the best in the world, brother. These are the best in what they do. When we talk about the legends of the sport, there's only two in my book. Another wrestling podcast. Alright, alright, alright. Welcome to another wrestling podcast. I'm Credo. And I'm Angry Cooter. Together, we are the Social Assassins. And we're just calling it how we see it, Credo. That's that's the truth right there. That's it, man. And this is episode 134. Who is joining us on another wrestling podcast? Well, this week we got another legend from WWE, Mr. USA himself, Tony Atlas, Credo. The Undertaker had a streak, but we have an even bigger streak because 134 episodes in... And we've had a guest every single week for the past two years. Incredible. If it's your first time joining us, make sure you head on over to anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. That's the mothership of AWP. You'll find anything and everything dealing with our show. Past guests, how to like us, follow us, subscribe to us, poke us, whatever. Uh, You'll find it over there. Reminding everybody, this weekend, Northeast Wrestling is coming to North Plainfield High School in North Plainfield, New Jersey, Saturday, November 19th, uh, Northeast Wrestling. We're, we're big fans of them. Make sure if you head on over there this weekend, tell them AWP sent you. Head on over to northeastwrestling.com. Pick up your tickets. Uh, every and any show you go to is definitely worth every penny of it. Akuda, man, we just got out of uh, the Jake the Snake Roberts uh, experience pretty much last week over at Laugh It Up Comedy Club. I mean, that was that was one hell of a show. What a great show. His opener was awesome. Uh, Kool-Aid... Guy was a really good uh, self-deprecating comic, enjoyed his material, but Jake's stories are just hilarious. So if, if he's going to be in your town, we highly recommend that you check out his his show because, I mean, some of these stories will just blow your mind. Incredible. Yeah, man. I mean, give it up to Laugh It Up Comedy Club in New York because they know that Poughkeepsie is the capital of pro wrestling, which I like to call. Uh, from Jim Cornette to Hacksaw Jim Duggan to Joel Gertner, now to Jake the Snake. And, you know, we've heard some other names they might be bringing up, but I'm not going to give them away yet uh, because I'd love you know, let them announce it. Uh, I know. I, 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 but, you know, it's, it's so great. great because I've heard some of these names and I'm just like, oh, my God. Like I'm dying to see some of these guys. Yeah, man, kudos to Laugh It Up for tapping into the wrestling world as well as comedy world because it's like going to see a live shoot interview, if you will, you know, and that's great. I mean, we have a lot of wrestling fans over here and uh, a lot of people who love comedy, so you throw it all together and it's it's money. It's money. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. A really good show, and, 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 and kudos Laugh It Up Comedy Club for putting on a great show. That's right. Now, uh, Cooter, you know, each and every week we try to be a topical show. So no matter if you're listening to episode one or 134, there's something on the show that you can, you can go back to and listen. But, uh, you know, now that the landscape has changed in the world of WWE, at least, because we're pretty much a 99% WWE show. Granted, we'll talk about anything and everything wrestling, but you know, let's face the facts. The WWE is the cream of the crop. Uh, now, 
with uh, you know the brand split, and now what we're hearing, Survivor Series is going to be what six hours sh uh, of a show. I think they're going to be doing that to all uh, the big four pay-per-views from the Rumble, Mania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series are going to be always six-plus-hour shows because it's going to be both brands on it. So. I think we're going to have to dedicate the show uh, talking about NXT TakeOver in Toronto this weekend and Survivor Series happening. So, I mean, uh, do you, before we get into that, though, do you remember Survivor Series as a kid? I mean, I loved it. Thanksgiving, uh, Survivor Series, the gobbledygooker. Yeah, uh, it was on. always the day before Thanksgiving, so I, it was usually Wednesday. It's Wednesday, so it wasn't your typical Sunday pay-per-view. So, uh, even as a, as a kid, I remember... That was probably one of the first ones I ever ordered. Survivor Series 91. That was with uh, Hogan and Undertaker for the title. That was the first one I ever ordered. Just a really, really good card from top to bottom. Uh, I mean, I just remember it was definitely like, you know, everybody sitting around Thanksgiving, they're waiting to go home or whatnot. I wanted to eat really quick and I wanted to sit down and watch Survivor Series. Uh, I remember, you know, the biggest thing I loved about Survivor Series was that they had teams. And I know, granted, they had brought back the kind of the team aspect this year, but I'm talking about like the Hulkamaniacs, the Ultimate yeah. War, you know, like Hell real yeah. teams where they took somebody and they had somebody similar or somewhat and, and then they joined them. I wish they would have more of that to where, okay, we get it, it's Raw versus SmackDown, but still, I, I miss those kind of teams with Survivor Series. Man, I, I got a funny story for you though. I remember, I think it was sixth grade and our teachers uh, were having us write an essay about uh, Thanksgiving and what we were looking forward to <laughs> and I, I'm telling you this is how embarrassing it was to be a, a mark when you're a kid <laughs> in a Catholic school in 6th grade because the, the very last paragraph I, I'll never forget it was and when I think of Thanksgiving I think of the WWE Survivor Series right yep. and, I'm, and I'm going on in this promo on why it's so important because it was like their yearly Thanksgiving pay-per-view right <laughs> and he, what made it so funny was the teacher didn't like put comments and like, you know, basically like graded or, you know, for content or whatever. We had to give it to another student. And this, this little jabroni, <laughs> little Jimmy, little Jimmy, <laughs> literally he, he crossed out, you know, my, that whole paragraph. Oh. Right. And he goes, this has nothing to do with Thanksgiving. What? And when I saw this, I jumped up out of my seat in the middle of a Catholic school and said, you little bastard, what are you talking about? It's the Thanksgiving pay-per-view for WWE. You have no idea what you're talking about. And I cut this outlandish promo on him to the point where I think I got suspended for two days. He's a little angry uh, cooter promo in uh, sixth grade. That's great. A little, little, little Susie <laughs> wrote about family. Little Jimmy wrote about food. And angry cooter uh, wrote about Survivor Series. I mean, I wrote about all that stuff, but it was just a separate paragraph. Like people, Some people like football. I like wrestling. Get over it. That's right. Well, you know, let's get right into it, I guess, because uh, this weekend is what it's all about. It's giving thanks in wrestling, pretty much. This is kind of a, a new thing, if you will, uh, with NXT having a pay-per-view on before the big show. And I guess they're probably going to be doing this for all of the big four shows, which is great. Uh, NXT TakeOver Toronto. Now, Cooter, we've talked about NXT lately to where we've kind of said it's almost lost some of its shine, if you will, with a lot of the call-ups now. A lot of guys are still finding uh, their place in NXT. You know, it's, a, it's a rebuilding season, if you will. So let's get right into NXT TakeOver. Oh, let's, let's Let me ask you this, though, in, in terms of that. I mean, because I, for me, 
I love NXT, but for me right now, there's just so much TV. And unfortunately, I almost feel like SmackDown took away from NXT for me. Yeah. Just, I, I agree. Like, yeah. I live off of Hulu. I live off of my Netflix. So like when something comes out, I got to watch it. I'm like, how do I not have time for that one hour of NXT? <laughs> I know. It, it makes I no know. sense to me. And, and I feel so guilty because a lot of this stuff, I mean, I, I know the card and, and I'm like, why am I not watching this? Because I love everybody on this card. Oh yeah. And that's the, that's the thing. I think, you know, uh, the, the live SmackDown, they made it a must see and watching a must see of three hours, then two hours of wrestling. You kind of want to take a break the next day. I mean, there's only so much wrestling a week you could watch. Don't get me wrong. I would love to watch it all, but there's other things that I have to do and watch and whatnot. So something has to take the, take the end of the get cut off in a way uh, to where I'm still playing catch up on some shows. So let's put it at that, but uh, I'll be (laughs) caught up by the weekend. Uh, But regardless, you know, uh, it's the rebuilding season for NXT, but still we can talk about some of the predictions of some of the matches coming up and what we think about it. But uh, NXT takeover Toronto. Uh, Let's start from the bottom to the top. And if you will, uh, I'm sure they'll probably add a ma- another match here or there, but whatever. We're going to talk about these matches that we have in front of us. The NXT Tag Team Championship, two out of three falls match, the Revival Champions versus DIY. You know what's crazy is that this match is probably the one I'm looking forward to most because I love Tommaso Ciampa and Gargano, and they seem to have this great chemistry with, with the Revival. I mean, the... The TakeOver Brooklyn – was it TakeOver Brooklyn 2 where they had their first title shot against them? I believe it was. Correct me if I'm wrong. But but it was just such an incredible match. It was the one I enjoyed the most. And now it makes me so invested in this. A two out of three falls match. Just great idea. Great booking. It's This is what I'm looking forward to right there. All right. Now, let me hear your thoughts because – you know, the Rival have been a great throwback uh, tag team. They've been incredible. They've been the champions off and on. You know, Gargano and Tommaso have been thrown together. they also been in the Cruiserweight Classic. They've been pulling a lot of uh, duty here and there. But to me, I personally don't want to see them win the tag team championships. I don't think they're going to add to really to the tag team division. I feel like if they lose, and I think they should lose, I think they will probably get maybe called up uh, to either SmackDown or Raw somehow. Uh, I, I don't, I think a, a tag team has to come out of, you know, so some other tag team, uh, which we'll talk about another tag team match coming up. I think one of these teams are, have to be the ones to beat the revival. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say the revival retain. I would venture to, to agree with you. Cause I don't see them bringing, uh, uh, Gargano and Ciampa up as a team. They, 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 you'd be surprised when, when. When I was watching SmackDown this week, they they have a lot of tag teams on SmackDown. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you have you have it's almost overkill now. Yeah, you got the champs. You have you even uh, have the B American. Squad with the headbangers on standby, yeah. and you know you so you got all these other guys too just that lying was around. The thing. They had the uh, I think it was a six on six match. Or Ascension and, can't even be on the team because yeah, <laughs> they, exactly. I would rather see them in the cruiserweight division because that's a division that really has no depth. Yeah, and you, as much as I love the revival, the only reason I would want Gargano and, and Ciampa to win was so the revival can go up. Yeah, and, and I, could you imagine the match that they could have with the club? I oh know. my god! <laughs> and the, I think you know if I played devil's advocate and said, okay, well if DIY does win, 
you know, I think it's almost a, a nod for the, the the performances they have pulled out uh, from the Cruiserweight Classic to you know NXT in Brooklyn and all, and all that other stuff. To where it's like almost like you know, thanks guys, you've been really helping us out a little bit. To where I'd see them get the cha- the tag team championships, but I'm sticking with my gut, and I'm gonna have to say that the revival is gonna is gonna pull out strong here. All right, all right. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit. Bobby Roode and Ty Dillinger. Now, your boy Ty Dillinger is finally found his niche with this perfect ten gimmick yep. going up against Bobby Roode. They were they were uh, teammates for the first round of the classic, and unfortunately, Bobby Roode. Uh, uh, ran like hell. <laughs> I guess it was against the authors of pain, if I'm not mistaken. But, oh, my God. These two could potentially steal the show, maybe. I mean, I'm Ty's for... so over, and, and, and Robbie Roode is, is way over, too. Two great gimmicks. Two great technicians. So, I mean, this is another. I, 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 I want to say Bobby Roode because I really think he needs to get moved up because he's a little bit aged. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a glorious, perfect ten match, Cooter. I think. Uh, <laughs> I think, but I think at the, at the end of the day, I think Ty Dillinger needs this win more than Bobby Roode does. Uh, so whether it's you know a DQ, a, a pin, or something, I don't think you're going to get a count out. I don't know, but I think Ty uh, would definitely you know be deserving of this win. I win or lose, Bobby Roode is still going to be awesome. You know, uh, he's going to hopefully moved up in due time. Uh, but, you know, I think if Ty Dillinger loses, it just pushes him back even more. And I think he's they need they need to build some more names down there. And I think a win over Rude will help uh, build his name a little bit. I mean, come on, Credo. We got No Way Jose. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, right. no way. I, I kind of agree with that one. I, I'm just such a fan of Bobby. I, I can't help it. No, of course. And uh, we'll see what happens, how they pull out, how, how they pull this out. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Rude does not need it. Uh, you know, the fans are going to love him regardless. And I think it'll just add more fuel to Ty's fire. So uh, hopefully he gets the perfect 10 win. You know, the women's uh, championship is next. Now, Cooter, this is almost one of those matches to where it falls under that rebuilding season. Oscar, uh, they couldn't give anybody else uh, a match with Oscar because they either they they don't think any of the girls are ready or or what, but apparently not. So Mickey James is coming in to to fight Oscar, and I am so excited. I love Mickey James. She's one of my she is oh my, my favorite God. women's wrestler ever. So let me explain something to you. I am not naming this the NXT Women's Championship match. This is uh, being renamed to which one of these ladies is going to give Angry Cooter a bigger boner match. I love both of them. Is that PG? Oscar, no, that's... Yeah, I'm not PG. I never will be. I don't care. Mickey James is a lovely woman, mo- one of the most incredible performers I've ever seen, and she is hot as fuck. No. I don't care. And Oscar, <laughs> same thing. You know, just a completely different style, something that we're not used to in America for, from a woman. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's the first time we really haven't seen anybody to been able to keep up with Asuka. Asuka kind of almost had to tone it down a little bit just so the girls can kind of get through a match. And now I think she's able to, or hopefully she'll be able to turn it up to her full potential uh, with a, an opponent like Mickey James. And I'll tell you what, Cooter Man, I think, uh, you know, I think it would really make good TV 
if you took that championship off Oscar and put it on Mickey James to where you build Mickey up for a few weeks and then you have Oscar win it off for her again. But I don't know. I, I think just coming in for a one and done is kind of like, eh, I think this needs a little bit more fire in the women's division. I think having Mickey James as an NXT women's champion, granted, she doesn't need an NXT women's championship because you, you kind of think of that as the, you know, the rookie league or whatever. And she's not a rookie, yada, yada, yada. But I don't know. I think having her as a women's champion just for a little bit, I'm not saying for five months, just a month maybe, a few weeks. Uh, I don't know. I think it might add some fire into the women's division. Yeah, I don't really look at it as the rookie division either because, I mean, look at the the people on this card. It's all pretty much seasoned veterans. You have your Bobby Roode. You have a Shinsuke Nakamura. You have a Samoa Joe. I mean, these are guys who, you know, who've won titles all around the world. And, and it's just crazy so adding mickey james to a card like this is really incredible i would love to see her win the belt because let's be honest nobody has beaten oscar um and that aura of invincibility after a while gets really boring kind of like the whole goldberg streak to me i mean as exciting as that was for a while it's like all right enough is enough let's just put this this poor girl up there because let's be honest there is no woman on that roster that can really even touch Oscar in NXT I'm, I'm I'm talking about this is again another rebuilding phase and I think of if anybody was to learn anything from one of the two in this match it would be more Mickey James uh Oscar is just a, a different style very stiff um just incredible Mickey can can teach these girls and and maybe help them become better performers because mm-hmm. there's 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 they got some good girls down there excuse me they have some good women down there i i think that a, a veteran like mickey could really really benefit them definitely and uh it, it, it'll be interesting needless to say but i think this match i think will be probably one of the matches of the night and i hope they both turn it up a notch to show uh show some uh women's wrestling and what they can do boing, <laughs> So uh, either way, we're, we're all winners that on that match. I, I think pretty Winning. much. <laughs> um, now uh, we talked about the tag team. We have the finals for the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Tournament. Uh, the Authors of Pain versus TM61. Uh, the Authors of Pain, man, when I saw them... Uh, a few months ago to where they said, hey, look at this new tag team in NXT. They used, they would bring out these masks. And it was almost like the masks they gave Kane to when he re-debuted. It was like a big black mask. Yes. It, those are fucking awesome. I'm like, keep them. Uh, you know, just to make somebody make somebody different down there. Put the masks on. And, uh, I mean, look at their manager, too. So it's like, come on, give them something other than just walking around like we're big, you know, big giants or whatever. But uh, I don't know. who Who's who's winning this? Who's winning the finals in this tag team? Because last year it was Finn Balor and Samoa Joe. Who's going to be the final winner in this match? You know, it's nice to see that a team, a ta- an actual tag team is going to win this. That's the one thing I'd like to say because yeah, true. they basically used the, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic last year to really further the Finn Balor and Samoa Joe storyline, which, I mean, was incredible. So, I mean, it's it's a tough call for me. I mean, the Authors of Pain are just so, like, destructive. And TM61, very fun team to watch. So, I mean... Hey, as uh, as long as uh, you know, I'm gonna say something about the authors of pain, though. 
I do agree with you with the masks. Let's keep the masks and let's get rid of Paul Ellering because he should be in a fucking nursing home somewhere. <laughs> and I don't want to see him in NXT anymore. You know, a little cameo here and there would have been all right. But seriously, he comes down to the ring, says nothing, does nothing, holding that rolled up piece of paper in his hand. To <laughs> get rid of him. You got to be. It's better than a, a puppet, though. You have to admit that it's better than holding a puppet up like he used to. Oh God! Whoever thought of that one was brilliant. But uh, <sighs> yeah, man, I think I would. I personally would love to see the authors of Pain win it. I think give them something to ride on. Give them, you know, keep that momentum going of building them as a bad tag team, uh, and then hopefully they could beat the revival. Uh, Team sixty one. You know, I think the Aussies are taking over in NXT, and we did have an Australian show a few months back, and you know, That's Team sixty one are you know NXT is like almost half Australian wrestlers almost <laughs> uh, at this point, but they're they're a great tag team. I could see them winning too. Like this match, I think is kind of hard to predict. Uh, either one is going to win. Uh, I'd be happy with either or, um, but I think I'd, I'd, I'm going to have to stick with Authors of Pain. I think they could use this win a little bit more, and especially taking that trophy and just like breaking it in half will just cause more heel heat. <laughs> you know how many, how long do trophies last anyway? So I think ha- having them break that will just heal them up as much as possible. So. I'm just going to give them right now the the NXT tag team curse because whenever you have like a a fully kick-ass tag team from NXT and they go to the main roster, they're just going to end up like the Ascension. (laughs) Oh, man, we'll see. Uh, I think, you know, that leads us to the main event, Cooter. The NXT Championship match, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Samoa Joe. Now, all in all, I think this has to be Joe's last NXT match fucking please get him out of uh, NXT he's been there like yes. two years I can't wait to see him on the main roster so I think really uh you know the, from the, the destruction he's been causing the past few weeks on NXT uh I think is great leading up to this match because when Shinsky wins it makes him look even stronger and you know they'll just say something to where they can't let Joe back in NXT because he's too dangerous Cue the main rosters. That's what I'm hoping out of this match. Uh, regardless what happens, I, I, that's all I want to see happen. Shinsky win, Joe move up. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. That's the one thing about this match I'm really looking forward to, the ending, because I want to see Samoa Joe against some really good competition. I'll give you an example. I mean, a lot of people don't know this, and I didn't know this until I was told by a friend of mine that you know Samoa Joe... And John Cena trained together and, and broke into the business together. What a cool little storyline that would be. You know, um, geez, even if you had a, a Samoa Joe versus uh, a Roman Reigns, the battle of, a, of, the, of the Samoans, or hell, Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles, we could bring it back to the TNA days. There's just so much that they can do with a guy like him, especially the way they built this badass heel persona of his. Now, Nakamura, I mean, he's getting main roster money. Hmm. So there is also that offshoot uh, uh, that they just might put the belt back on Joe and bring up Shinsuke because, you know what? Why not? (laughs) That's true. Uh, You know, how many times have we been, uh, you know, led to believe one thing because we think we know it all. And then we're like, oh shit, we were wrong. That would be nice. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind being wrong there. Sure. Um, well, regardless, I mean, if Shinsky does win, uh, I, I don't want him to stay down. I don't want him to be like a Samoa Joe. I don't want him to be down there for like two years. I could say maybe till Mania. Then after Mania, bring him up. 
Um, I don't know. I just I don't want them to see. I don't I don't want to see them holding somebody like these two guys have been in the business for a while. They're veterans, pretty much. I think they need to go back to those grassroots and build up NXT as NXT. You know. Somebody needs to beat Shinsky or somebody needs to beat Joe and get that momentum or that win uh, after this to where they're the next NXT championship, uh, the next NXT champion, whether it be a few months down the line or whatever. But they really need to stop putting the championship on guys who are vets. I think it's time to, you know, get behind somebody, make them the NXT championship, make, I keep saying championship, make them the NXT champion and stick with them, you know, let, you know, put it on. I don't know. I don't know who's down there that you'd want to put it on, especially, but that's the problem. I mean, I know. the only person that you really have down there, that's why it's going to be a shame when, when Joe leaves and Nakamura leaves, because all you really have left is, is Bobby Roode and, and Austin Aries. I mean, you have he, yeah, he's out for a while too. Yeah, new faction too. But I mean, where do we go from here? I mean, this isn't the you know we're we're, we're poaching over here now. Because when you look Literally. back on the NXT champions, I mean, you've had Bo Dallas, you've had Neville, you've had uh, Big E, uh, Seth Rollins. You know, you had a lot of rookies that won that championship and moved up. Give it to another rookie. It doesn't need to be on you know the the TNA class of two thousand and five. So. Time I don't to, know. I've, do you think that they kind of do that because back then, T, I mean, uh, NXT wasn't on the road. No, you all know. Yeah, we have we have to have somebody to draw. Oh, of course, I I 100% agree with that too. But at the same time, I'm like, uh, is it only going to be guys who have been in the business that you're giving the belt to? Like, I want to see somebody come out of the the shadows. Like, oh, just Ty Dillinger for example, whatever. But hear me out. You know, you put it on him, and then you have him carried for a year or two. You know, like build him up as a good, uh, just somebody. Somebody has to come out of the shadows and you know, kind of get rid of what they're doing now as far as making these names like Nakamura and Joe and Rude the the main champions or whatnot. And Austin Aries, like, I don't know. Uh, it, it's different yeah. with that whole brand split, man. It sure it's has crazy. shaken things up. You know, you know what's interesting too is, and, and it's it's funny that you say this. NXT was was originally made to develop talent, and it's like that third when brand. When was the now? last <laughs> time that we've had, you know, somebody that WWE has developed themselves come up from NXT? All all your your major bringups outside of the the women's revolution, you know, has been. Big name guys, yeah, that's true. Sammy Zane or Kevin Owens. The, I mean, these are guys who are big on the indies. We've, we've we have spoiled. not had, you know, a, a WWE developed guy coming out of NXT since Roman Reigns. I don't think. That's it, man. So yeah, they they got to get back on track. I think, or else it's just going to blow up in their face to where they're going to run out of these big names, and it's just going to turn into it's not really developmental. It's kind of like that third brand now, or you know, NXT. It's Raw, SmackDown, NXT. It's not developmental NXT, but it's like I said, it's the rebuilding season. But screw it, it's going to be a, a great time regardless this weekend. But joining us right now. You've seen him on Legends House. He was Simba Samba. You know, he, he's Mr. USA. Tony Atlas, he's joining us uh, right now. Also, if you want to see him this weekend, please check out our friend uh, Eric Sims at ESSpromotions.com where he's bringing in uh, the best uh, talent that we never get a chance to meet. So ESSpromotions.com. And please welcome... Wait a minute. It's no BS. It's ESS. That's right. Please welcome Tony Atlas. (laughs) 
Our guest today is a WWE Hall of Famer, a man who is known as Mr. USA in bodybuilding. He has been a multi-time champion throughout his career, as well as a manager in recent years, and you also saw him on WWE's Legends House. Please welcome Tony Atlas. Tony, thanks for joining us. Wait, wait, it's awfully nice being with you. How are you doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. Uh, now, this weekend, you'll be with ESS Promotions on November 19th at PPW and on the 20th at the Pro Wrestling World in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Uh, what's it like to get out there and meet the fans who have watched you for your entire career? You know, I, uh, like you say, I, I've been in this business, you know, ever since the seven. You know, I came, started with uh, uh, Mid-Atlantic uh, Championship Wrestling, worked for World Class, worked in Puerto Rico, Working uh, all over Europe and, and everything, and, and 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 no matter where we go, sometimes we would go to uh, an area. It takes us a long time to get there. You you get there, you jet lag or whatever. But as soon as you get around the fan, they give you that extra energy. <laughs> Definitely. So, you know, no matter how old you get, you know, it, you know, it's in our blood now. So, and and not only that, uh, not only I'm going to get to meet a, a lot of wonderful fans that I've been known, you know, all through the years, but. Uh, another good thing about it, you know, they're they going to have other legends there. You know, I, I, I understand Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I'm going to see him about this weekend, who was also uh, one of the members of the legend house. And yep. unfortunately, we just lost, uh, you know, Ronnie Piper. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard to think about legend house, you know. With the fact, you know, that, that Piper is, is no longer among us. Speaking of Legends House, uh, with the WWE Network, you know, fans get to watch uh, all this programming, uh, you know, at their fingertips on this uh, streaming media. Uh, now, the fans who have called you on the Legends House, you know, maybe uh, to sum it up for them, what could you tell them uh, what the experience was like uh, for you being in one house with several different personalities, to say the least? Well, it's easy. So the wonderful thing that uh, all of us got the opportunity of being in Legend See, most times when I saw Pat Patterson or when I saw Rocky Johnson or or any of the wrestlers, we saw each other at the arenas. And then at the end of the day, you know, each person, they would go to their, uh, you know, uh, to their apartment or hotel or, or wherever they go. So, so we travel on the road together. So, but we never, what, how how you say it, live together. We all had wives, we all had family, so we never lived together. So uh, my mom used to always say, you never really know anybody until you live with them. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, so, you know, we share a hotel room with each other um, every now and then. But the, the, the genius of Vince McMahon, there was nobody at Legend House that I don't know that I see anywhere else but in the arena. Uh-huh. And that's why I did it that way. We was all strangers to each other. I would call a good guy Babyface. Hacksaw, uh, 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 when he first started his career in Louisiana, he was a heel. Uh-huh. Ronnie Piper was a heel. I couldn't travel with the heels. Uh, Pat Collison, you know, you know, he, you know, he was an office administration. You know, I didn't travel with office people, so there was nobody there that I spent any time with. Hill Billy came in the gym a little bit later, but Hill Billy traveled with Uncle Elmer, you know, in his group, yep. and I was traveling with Rocky Johnson. So we really, but I just left the WWE. That there was only two people I traveled with in two years: Tim Long and Mark Henry. That was it. 
Everybody else I saw when I got there. Sure. When we got to the building. When we got to the building, that's what we... So wrestlers are really strangers to each other. It's kind of like you go to work with a guy every day. Yeah. But when he get home, you don't know what he do. Exactly. <laughs> this guy could be stringing off the chandeliers, you know, eating bugs off the floor. <laughs> you don't know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now... You know, all you know, you see him at work every morning. Yep. You know, and, and what he does when he gets home, he probably loves to take cold showers or pack himself in ice or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you know, and, you know, yeah. Definitely. Now, you know, we got to learn a lot on the show, uh, uh, especially that you're also an artist. Uh, has has art always been a part of your life? Yeah, uh, I was a. Uh, I'm a pretty uh, a look at my um, uh, my mother was a very good drawer and I uh, I never knew that I could draw until one day um I went to Sunday school when I uh, when I was a child in Virginia and my mother couldn't afford uh, coloring books so what she did she used to draw pictures for us to color in Sunday school so what I did uh, when I color all my pictures I used to turn it over on the back and I used to draw what my mother drew. Mm-hmm. And that's when I learned uh, that I could draw probably about five or six, and I and all we just kept it up. It, it was like a a therapy for me. I got upset or something. I used to try with S. D. Jones, and uh, S. D. said, "Boss man, boss man, you got your uh, 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 art pad." I go, "Yeah, good, 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 <laughs> boss man," because he knew that whenever I got upset, I used to pull out my art pad. I, I had quite a temper when I was young. Uh-huh. I was very tough and a young man. You know, it didn't take much to make me jump on you. Were you able to do that a lot on the road too, in between shows and matches? Were you able to just, you know, uh, take it yeah, easy? With- yeah, yeah. You know, if, if you ever get my book, uh, "Too Much to, uh, uh, Too Soon" by Scott Teal, press dot com, you can read. I, I was very temperamental person. The rest of the world was different. You know what it is. They, the world in general was different. If you was a badass back in the seventies and eighties, they wanted you. The better you were, the more they wanted. The more freaky you were, the more they wanted you. Wrestling was a totally, totally different commodity. Uh, See, you don't have wrestlers no more. You had entertainers now. Yeah. We was wrestling. We go into the bar, and we couldn't wait to pick a fight and beat up everybody. <laughs> Definitely. Well, not. if you done that, it got in the newspaper. People pick up that newspaper and they read it. Then they want to come and see the rest because they hear about uh, two wrestlers clear a bar. You know, you never hear stuff about with two guys go in the bar and run everybody out of the bar. Sure. And during the seventies and the sixties. That happened a lot, you know, so, you know, the, the old time believed good publicity, bad publicity, it didn't matter. Three down from one time, you know, took a beat up a bunch of uh, people in North Carolina. They put them on the pile the next night, and the building sold out. So guys who go out to get in fights in the olden days, you have to be on top of the car. But then the world changed, and it didn't matter how tough you were anymore. The only thing matter was who had the best lawyer. <laughs> there you go. Oh, then if I do happen, yeah, yeah, you hit me, I'm gonna sue you. 
<laughs> now, uh, if we could rewind a little bit, uh, can you take us back to when you actually teamed with Rocky Johnson? Now, you guys made history when you went on to beat the Wild Samoans, becoming the first African-American team to, to hold those belts. How did that feel to, to make history right there and then? Well, in a way, it felt wonderful, but in another way, it was very, very sad because as Steve Jones told both me and Rocket, we were the only guy that ever had that belt that never made money with it. Mm-hmm. You know, they put it on us, but they didn't do nothing with us. We never got any serious matches. The Wild Samoans never got a, a return match. And uh, we, it, it, they didn't do nothing with it. Yeah, yeah. The moment I went with Ron Summers, was our world champion down in uh, WCW. Same thing with him. Even though he was the world champion, the guy they was putting all the attention on, giving all the glory to, and I'm not complaining, it's just honest God truth. Uh-huh. If a man can't get through, forget about it. Sure. They, you know, Stain was there, the number one guy. They just, you know, they never let Ron Summers, you know, most people don't even know Ron had the belt. Yeah. Ron was the first African-American champion, you know, and uh, most people, you know, you talk about Ron Summer, who? Well, you say Sting, because that's who they promoted. Yeah. It, 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 it was strange that they would give you a title. See, having a title is one thing. But if people don't promote it and and do something with it, it means nothing. I mean, it was a great honor. I mean, me and Rock, we really, you know, was glad that we got that opportunity, but we wish that they had took it a little bit Further. And if you ever think about it, when uh when they broke us the, the tag team of me and Rocket, you didn't hear about us anymore. Yeah. We got blackballed out there. Rocket got blackballed, I got blackballed. How can you win be, go from being world champion to being blackballed? How do, how do you see the evolution of uh like uh, black wrestlers in, in mainstream wrestling? Uh maybe compared to when you started out. Do you feel that uh, they're probably getting more shots today than you guys had back then? Well, you see, to the wrestling fans, it wasn't about being black wrestlers. Hmm. The, the fans don't look at that. What the fans look at is talent. You could be have more talent than a person, but if that promoter don't like you or you're not in the clique, your talent means nothing. I knew, we, when I first started wrestling, the, the first thing the old time you said, said most of the best wrestlers are the ones that don't get no uh, no push because they're not in the clip. You know, when you look at pictures of me and Rocket Johnson, there was nobody in the freaking world looking like us. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. just the talent-wise, yep. you know, there was no guy that, yeah, with that type of body, that type of physique, yep. and, and we wasn't stiff. You know, we, we threw drop kicks, head scissors, you know. You know, they didn't have nobody in the business uh, looking like that, doing that tap. They do now. Yeah. But, you know, back in the early 80s, me and Rocket Jones were probably the only bodybuilders. We had a, we looked like bodybuilders and moved like wrestlers. You know, Rocket Johnson was a hell of an athlete. But as soon as we lost the title... Tell me what happened to Rocket Jones that they left a lost the title. You tell me what happened with him. He disappeared like he was up on earth. How can that be? How can you go from the, from the top of the world yeah. to out of sight like that? Yeah. Like somebody turned a light on. Yep. You know? 
It ain't got nothing to do if you're not in the clip. Got nothing to do with your color. Got nothing to do with your nationality. It ain't what you know. It's who you know. Definitely. Now, do you think we'll ever have uh, a legitimate black champion as the face of a company? I mean, we've had champions, uh, Booker T or Bobby Lashley, but somebody who can actually go, you know, like a John Cena for years and years and be that, you know, that face of the company. Do you think we'll ever, we'll get to that point sooner or later? No, 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 you won't, because the world is changing. Oh, yeah. The world, the world, the world, the world is changing. One arrest as big as uh, draw. When you think of us, uh, you know, since you want to talk the black thing, I'm going to do it in a business way. Okay. Not in a, yeah, I'm going to do it business like Now, every major sport in the world is dominated by minorities, blacks and Spanish or whatever. Uh, when you look at wrestling, it's one of the few sports that is not. Now, back to my day, being black was was popular because they didn't have many black wrestlers. But now in the entertainment business, old saying, what's a book been read is old. That is entertainment. It's not racism. That's entertainment. When people turn on the TV, people like to see something they can relate to. And, and, and having a black champion in wrestling today don't really mean that much anymore. It did in the 70s and in the 80s, but it was right after segregation. But right now, it don't mean anything. Uh, to the general public, but what color the wrestlers are. They don't give a, a red ass on what color But wrestling is one of the very few sports. When you think about football, and when you look at most of your football team, what do you say about 60 or 70% of the team is what? When you name any team that don't have at least 50% minority on the team, oh, yeah, name one with that. Okay, <laughs> basketball. Yeah. <laughs> basketball. How many Irishmen do you see running up down that court? You see now, wrestling, go to wrestling, and, and, see, and what you see in wrestling. You don't see a lot of minorities in wrestling because it got nothing to do with racism or any of this crap that people want to try to say that Tony had to say. What it got something to do with is your viewing audience. When they watch a basketball game, they see a bunch of black guys running down the court. They watch wrestling, they see a bunch of white guys flipping around the ring. Just like black people like turning the channel and see the black people doing something. White people like turning the channel too and see the white people doing something. Yep. You, you know, it ain't got nothing to do with color no more. What it got to do something with is business. Once a book been read, it is old. And people like, especially the designers that like variety. So if you want to see a lot of successful white athletes, you watch wrestling. You want to see a lot of successful black athletes, you watch basketball. Do with race, got something to do with the viewing audience, depending on what you want to look at that day. Oh, yeah, okay. Now, think about what Jimmy looked like. Mama Jump Y'all Dog, yep, Pedro Morales, The Wild Samoan, Rocket Johnson, Tony Atlas, SD Jones. What do you see? I see talent. <laughs> That's what I see. You see talent, but talent, minority talent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mr. Fuji, Aido, a lot of minorities. Yeah. From 1985, the page flipped. Then you got Ronnie Piper. You got uh, 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 Mr. Perfect. You got Randy Savage. You got Huck Hogan. You see how the page flipped? Sure, yep. Went from Slipper to Hogan. It went, it went from Don Morocco 
to Mr. Perfect. It, you know, it, 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 it went from Pedro Morales to Paul Orndorff. Mm. Once a book been read, it's old. For years, the old promotion, they used to feel that it was best to have a minority to represent every group in New York. That's why you have to have a Puerto Rican, you have to have a, an Italian, you have to have a, a Japanese, you have to have a, 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 a black, you know? Yeah, well, there, yeah, but but see, because but, uh, when you look at wrestling from 1985 back, there was a lot of minorities, hmm. and uh, it, you know, uh, uh, that was all top. When I first started, the only white guy there was Bob Backus. <laughs> <laughs> you think about that? Time? We're just Backus. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely amazing how you know things change like that. And like you said, you know how the once it gets old, as soon as people read that book, you know they got to move on to the next one or or whatnot. So it's, it's right. interesting, yeah. Got nothing to do with race, got nothing to do with it. No matter what it is, people get tired of seeing the same thing over and over and over. A lot of the ideas that Vince had, a lot of the old Terrasa didn't like the thing didn't work. Yep. You know. Things like it worked. Definitely. You know? And, and so what they did, they want to keep things the way that they did it years and years and years ago. Vince understood what marketing. Yeah. And he knew, right. His model was supply and demand. So he listened to the people. Just like this past election. What put Donald Trump in office and kept Hillary out? The Democrats did not listen to the people. The people wanted burning. He was a guy that was putting butts in the seats. Yep. You know, you have to go with what the fan wanted. And that's why what this is assessment. He knew that racism had to change. You know, I've been summoned to Washington, D.C. one time. They told me, you got to go to Washington. There's a lot of black people there. Mm-hmm. When I got to Washington, D.C., and got into the Capitol Center, me and that's me and that's these Jones, all the black people in the whole building. Wow. <laughs> Which means, you know, the white people they said I was black, they want to see me at home and wrestling. See? Yep. They didn't care if Muhammad Ali was black. They want to see him fight. Sure. And, and we have the same thing over and over and over with with, with people. They get tired of looking at it. Yep. So you have to have that. And it, this is what made Larry Bird such a popular guy. You don't see the white guy out there waking up that point like Bird did. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. He was just like Taylor Wood. Hey, that's the same thing with Taylor Wood. You don't see no black guy out there doing a 67 or 68 on, you know. That's why the Williams sisters are so popular. Because you don't see a woman, no matter if she's black or white, hitting the ball at 120 miles per hour. That's right. <laughs> People don't care about color. They care about talent. But they don't. They, they want to see something different, too, so you have to have, you know, different stuff, especially in society today. Mm-hmm. Because the way the world is now, people expect so much to get bored so quickly. Uh-huh. That's why guys like, like me and Nikolai, we, like, we're so interested to people because we like old dinosaurs. We came from a time that these people didn't see. Yep. So now... But, yeah, yeah, what is old is now new. That's right. <laughs> I'm new because you've never seen an old dinosaur like me before. 
You know, I'm kind of like old T-Rex that had just risen from the grave. Yeah, I remember this. <laughs> like big, uh, our hometown area is Poughkeepsie, New York. Do you have any uh, memories uh, about wrestling at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York, or anything that stands out by chance? That's where Vince first started on TV. TV was always done in Allentown or, or, or Hamburg or Pennsylvania. And then Vince started moving to side door TV in Poughkeepsie, New York. That, that was the first place he started doing his television taping. Yep. That, yep. That's where Vince Jr. started doing his television taping. Vince Sr. always done his taping in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Yeah, so so Poughkeepsie was the beginning of uh, you know the you know the big shows. Definitely, a little place, yeah. Uh, yeah, that 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 was a birthplace of it. So every, all, every wrestler that was around during that time remember Poughkeepsie. Fans are always curious out there. Do you have any cool memorabilia that you've saved throughout uh, your career that you still have today? Well, not really. See, a, a lot of us wrestlers, see, like I said, the world changed. We didn't see it at Million Billion. We seen it at Junk. We threw it away. Uh-huh. You know, we didn't, you know, like I said, the world changed. You know, it's a, sometimes we sit down, we went, I'll give you a prime example. When I was a kid, we used to get baseball cards, right? Yep. And we would put them in our bicycles, folks. And we'd ride the bike, we'd make noise going down the street, you know? Uh-huh, yep. Some of them baseball cards, and I used to put in my bicycle spoke. Sometimes I look at TV, some guy gives five thousand dollars for it. <laughs> That's a lesson to learn. Us wrestling, we we learn a, a, a great lesson. Something that may not mean nothing to you right now. I watch this thing, America Picker. Some guy got some old bicycle. Don't even have no wheels, no spoke, just a frame. <laughs> and it was two hundred dollars. <laughs> It's crazy. You know, I see this stuff, and we don't know. Sometimes people don't know their their own wealth. Yep. You know, you, you collect something, and all of a sudden down the road, it worth a lot of money. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, like people that got a lot of type of autograph. You know what an Andre the Giant autograph is worth? A lot, because you oh. can't get another one. Yep, that's right. You can't get another Ronnie. If you don't have a Ronnie Piper autograph, you will never get one, yep. unless you buy it off of somebody. But you still don't get the privilege and the honor of sitting there watching Ronnie Piper sign that paper. Definitely. See, that's the only part that is missing about it. But you can't, you know, when something's gone, it's gone. Sure. With, with a time, with time move on, time waits for no man. It's gone. You know, the world of wrestling that I was raised up with is gone. This is the new wrestling. This is the new world. But... The new wrestling fits the new world. The wrestling that I did would not fit in today's society. It's not the same society. That's, like that's the music, right. the music that, that I listen to would not fit in today's society. That's right. Well, they, so much has changed. So much has changed. <laughs> and we can look back at the past all we want, but not, nothing that happened in the past fits today's living society. So so that's why I'm always different in, in, in going to these shows. I get to meet the fans. Um, I, I get to meet some of these wrestlers of my time. And I get to meet some of the younger wrestlers that are coming up uh, in the future. So uh, one thing that's going to be good about the being there on the 19 and being there on the 20, I'm going to be uh, the fans get to see the past and the future 
at the same time. That was what's so good about uh, the, these independent shows. And at Bud Shop, people will come in and go see Jake Roberts, Tony Atlas, Hacksaw Jim Duggan uh, from the uh, 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 from the past, and they're going to get to see a lot of new and upcoming stars. A lot of people they get an autograph from there that probably don't have a big name now. And five years from now, they're going to be glad they got the autograph. That's right. Uh, I just want to remind everybody out there, too, you know, once again, head on over to ESSpromotions.com for more information. Uh, Tony Atlas, I could probably talk to you all night, but I thank you so much for joining us today uh, okay, to talk well, a little I bit more. Well, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example of what I just said. Uh, in 2009 or 2008, I took a picture with President-elect Donald Trump. At that time, in 2008, 2009, it was just Donald Trump millionaire, the guy that cut off this black man hair. <laughs> yep. Now you know, that picture that that picture have changed. There's not a picture with uh, the apprentice star anymore. That's right. That's a picture with the next with the forty fifth president of the United States. <laughs> Anything could happen, I guess. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I took a picture with Donald Trump, and you probably have seen it on the internet. Yep. Yep. And now I, that picture is Tony Atlas with the president. <laughs> well, I'm on the internet with I'm on the internet with the president, right? Just like that. That's right. Well, uh, Tony. Yeah, that is, and I, I just want to say you know, thank you so much again for taking the time out tonight. We really appreciate it, and I know the fans around the world listening today appreciate hey, it, too. Let all the people come to the show. Tony Atlas is still Jack, brother. Wait till you see me. <laughs> That's great. Well, we can't see, wait to see you, Tony. Thank you so much for joining us today. All right. Good night, sir. And have a happy Thanksgiving. All right, AWP fans, listen up. Yeah, we're talking to you. We are a listener-supported podcast. The show is created by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. Each week, we bring to you one-of-a-kind interviews with pro wrestling's greatest superstars from yesterday and today. We do this at no cost to you, the fans. Here are a few ways where you can support us and give us our love. It's very simple. Rate us and review us. Go over to iTunes or Stitcher, Player FM, tune in, whatever it is. Just uh, tell all your friends about it. Follow us on all that social media stuff. Whatever you kids are doing these days, you can give us a like, follow us, a poke, a point, a German suplex if you're Brock Lesnar, whatever you want. Lastly, if you are an Ultimate AWP fan, head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Another Wrestling Podcast and purchase an official AWP shirt. There's more than one. Today's show is brought to you by... This is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Another Wrestling Podcast in association with Celeb VM. Order a personal video message from me and many other wrestlers and celebrities now. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Get a personal video message for yourself or as a gift for someone else. For personal connections, shout-outs, birthdays, proposals, weddings, and much more. Enter your details about yourself so the celebrity can record a personal video message especially for you, including details such as your name, age, birthday, hobbies, or whatever else you include. As soon as the video has been recorded, you'll get an email with your link so you can share it on social media or download and keep it. Celebrities record videos as and when they can, usually within two weeks. But if you want a video for a specific date and it does not look like it will arrive in time, you can cancel it and get an instant refund at the click of a button. There are hundreds of celebrities to choose from and many more joining every day. 
search by category or genre. Buy a gift voucher, get updates and offers, and encourage your favorite celebrities to join so they can connect with fans in a fun and unique way. Raise money for their charities and much more. So order your video now for yourself or for someone else. That, that's a great interview, Credo. I got to start jumping in on some of these interviews, but I'm just so afraid of <laughs> fending somebody that I kind of just – let me just stay in the background here. But let me again, a uh, big thank you to ESS Promotions and, and Tony Atlas for coming on the show today. Definitely. Now, Kudo, we talked about NXT TakeOver. Now to the main attraction this weekend, right before Thanksgiving, it's Survivor Series. Uh, now, it's a big Survivor Series. It's going to be another six-plus-hour show. Who knows really how long it's going to be, but it's going to be a long time, so get your butt ready to sit down all weekend. Uh, right before Thanksgiving, Kudo, right from the bottom to the top, let's talk about There's a lot of things happening. A lot of things could change uh, the tides as we know it this weekend. Um, uh, let's just start off with some of the regular matches and, and work our way up, shall we? Okay. All right. Uh, right off the bat, the new Intercontinental Champion, the Miz, the forever Intercontinental Champion, I like to call him, because no matter what's going on, we need an Intercontinental Champion. We got the Miz. So uh, the Miz versus Sami <laughs> Zayn, the winner. If, if Sami Zayn wins it, he can bring the Intercontinental Championship to Raw. And if uh, the Miz retains, he, he keeps it on SmackDown. So this is a little big kind of a match to where the IC belt could go bye-bye to, from SmackDown. This is incredible. And, and you know what was the most incredible thing about the Miz versus Dolph Ziggler? Was the fact that if the Miz won, he would become a six-time Intercontinental Champion tied with Rob Van Dam, and yes, I can't believe this man's name got dropped on WWE TV, Jeff Jarrett. Oh, wow. There you go. Uh, a lot of history in the making this weekend, so I think we talked a little bit about it last week, but do you think Sami Zayn's going to pull this off and uh, bring it to Raw? I, I, You know what's funny is the winner of this, of uh, the Survivor Series matches between Raw and SmackDown, it, it's gonna, it, it doesn't really matter. Because even if Sami Zayn wins it, I think SmackDown wins all the series, and they're going to just draft him back to SmackDown anyway, which I think would be great for Sami anyway, just because he seems to be stuck in shit programs on Raw. They really don't have anything for him. Let's put him on SmackDown. It's a shame because I would have loved to have seen Sami Zayn versus Dolph Ziggler. It, I'm tired of the face versus heel matches. You know, uh, two over guys just... In competition is a good enough storyline for me. I don't need, you know, the good guy versus the bad guy. I can have the good guy competing with the good guy for a title. There's nothing wrong with that, Vince, enough with well, the E part. I'll tell you what. I think we're going to see something happen this weekend. What we're going to see happen is uh, we'll get that to the next match, but I think the Cruiserweight are going to go to SmackDown and the IC is going to go to Raw. Now, if this does happen, okay, we get the Cruiserweights off Raw and now we have the IC Championship on Raw. So now, as it would stand, if Sami Zayn does win it and he brings that IC Championship back to Raw, you have the IC Championship, you have the United States Championship, you have your own Raw Tag Team Champions, and you have the Raw Universal Champion and the Raw Women's Champion. That's at least five championships right there. SmackDown would have the Cruiserweight Championship if Kalisto wins. Uh, they would have their WWE World Heavyweight Championship and their own... Uh, the women's and SmackDown, uh, the tag team uh, championships and women's championships. So that's four championships. Um, 
Yeah, so we're having a little bit of balance of power here. So regardless, uh, we'll, we'll get to the cruiserweights in a second, but I think this is going to happen, Cooter. I think Sami Zayn is going to win it and bring that championship to Raw. And, you know, quite frankly, he needs it. Sami Zayn needs that gimmick, man, because he doesn't have the gimmick to where he's a plumber, he's an actor, he's, uh, you know, he he's, I don't know what his thing is. It's like he's, he's a fucking weirdo. That's he, what he is. He has ska pants on, but then it's in Arabic. <laughs> that means... Uh, you know, what his old character, it's a lot of mess. So Sami Zayn, I believe he's a great wrestler. He's done a lot for the company, uh, before the main roster. So I think, yes, I think Sami Zayn deserves it. And I think he needs this more than anybody right now to help get him over a little bit and to, to carry this uh, championship. So, oh, I agree with you. He definitely needs it, but I think you're right. He brings it to raw, but I think he ends up getting drafted back to SmackDown. I don't see them putting two. Uh, how do I want to say this? Mid-card titles on the same brand. It just, they've never done that. I don't think they will do that. I think you need that mid-card title to build up your mid-card. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... It, <sighs> Unless SmackDown makes some new belt that I have no idea. Like, what what else could they add to the SmackDown roster? Like, oh a, a TV we championship? Have, or... right, so we got a world title. We got an intercontinental title. Unless they bring back, like, a European championship. I know. It's going to be... It's a head-scratcher. So, I mean, it's 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 like the Oprah show. You get a title. You get a title. Everybody gets a title in the, the, the new landscape they have. But uh, let's let's move right along to... apocalyptic era Afghani world title. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's that'll sure be a first uh, in the books. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, to to further debate this, we have the cruiserweight champion uh, Brian Kendrick versus Kalisto, who has returned from a mysterious injury, uh, and now cru- and now all of a sudden he gets a shot at the, the cruiserweight championship because a they don't know what to do with him on Raw. B, they're booking them like the divas, and you know it, it's the cruiserweight championship has been a blessing, but at the same time it's been a curse for them because they have horrible writers that don't even know how to book them properly. So, with the addition of what we heard too of 205 Live happening on SmackDown uh, after, so it's going to be SmackDown then 205 Live, and then after that it's going to be Talking Smack. So you have an hour after SmackDown, which is just going to be cruiserweights. So that, in my mind, signals, hey, the cruiserweights are moving to SmackDown to where... Oh, of course. But now, that's why I think they keep that mid-card title there, too. Because they're going to have that whole hour dedicated to just the cruiserweights. Yeah, it's, it's, a, lot of the, a lot of things have to fall into place, but it's, yeah. it's, it's hard to say. So it's it's going to be, a, you know, from the IC Championship to the Cruiserweight Championship, you know, these are the only championships that are on the line this weekend. So it's it's interesting. You know, it's good to see Kalisto back from that, uh, you know, that weird injury. I, I heard he got his ball sack stuck in a mouse trap because, you know, they were just hanging low. Get it? <laughs> yeah. He, he could be somewhat right, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, <laughs> you never know here. We're uh, breaking news. It, uh, it is it is uh, the E in WWE. I don't know. I mean, <sighs> Kalisto has really not done much outside of. I think he, got he won the US, the U.S. title. Yep, he I won mean, the U.S. championship, and then it was like, you know, he had that program with Ryback, which, you know, they didn't even get matches on WrestleMania. They were both pre-show matches between, I think it was Mania and Backlash. I mean, come on, he hasn't really done anything important to where he's been on a, a major card. That's why I'm so excited about these big four now is... These longer pay-per-views, there's more spots on the card. Yep. We don't have pay-per-view restrictions. We have the network. We could do whatever the hell we want. 
So, you know what? This is kind of cool. I'm going to say they give it to Kalisto, obviously. Um, I hate hate that this belt seems like it's just going to, you know, change hands like, you know, a prostitute. (laughs) It's like the new hardcore championship, you know, 24-7 rule pretty much. being passed around like a whore at a party. It's just I'm, not I'm, cool. Uh, yeah, I yeah, hate I, that. And if it, like I said, if it does move to SmackDown, I hope Daniel Bryan or somebody can at least talk to him like, hey, guys, you got to book him like this. You got to do it like this. And like, we even talked about it too a few weeks ago to where it's get rid of the storylines and just let them wrestle. They, you know, like we don't need to know what they're doing outside or why they're so angry. Just freaking let them wrestle. And then as time goes on, then we could build in little stories here and there. But seriously, like that's what the cruiserweight division is. That's what we need these guys to do. They're fast-paced wrestling. We don't need fast-paced storylines or booking them like divas, you know, so just let them wrestle. And what else is exciting about it is that um, for them to be on SmackDown, their matches would be called by Mauro Ranallo, which I I really enjoy because he actually can call play-by-play. I don't want to hate on Cole. I don't want to be that guy. I mean, he's gotten better over the years, but that fast-paced action you know, and, and, and the moves that these guys do. He's not really familiar with everything. And, and Mauro Ronaldo is. And him and Daniel Bryant were just calling great, great matches and did a good job doing it. So, I mean, this is this is right up Mauro Ronaldo's, uh, you know, alley. So that's another thing I'm looking forward to because I really enjoy his work too, I got to say. Definitely. So hopefully that might be a blessing in disguise if they do move over to SmackDown. But we shall see. Uh, now, moving on to some of these matches, Scooter, now we're getting into the Survivor Series matches. Uh, like I said, man, if they did some traditional tag matches where they had, like, actual team names, I would have been happy with that. Uh, but l- let's hear that. So it's basically Raw versus SmackDown. Let's start with the 10-on-10 tag team elimination oh match. God, that's how the fuck do you do that? So before I run out of breath, let me read all the teams in this. So we have The New Day, Sheamus and Cesaro, Enzo Amore and Big Cass, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, and The Shining Stars ugh, versus <laughs> Heath Slater and Rhino, The Hype Bros, American Alpha, The Usos, and Breezango for SmackDown. Uh, so we have 10 teams. They say it's an elimination match, so... WWE always like changes the book or changes the rules like last minute. So I'm pretty sh- sure that if your teammate gets pinned, your team is gone. So that's how I'm I'm guessing this match is going to go. And I'm sure it would have to be because yeah, mean, you can't just eliminations. Th- yeah. So it, it's it's going to be crazy. Um, I don't know. This is a huge match. I think they should actually have the tag team championships on the line, too, and not have a, I would have scrapped this 10, 10 on 10 elimination match. But what do you, what do you say about this? Uh, who's who's going to pull off the win in this big match? Oh, boy. Uh, and you get bragging rights, too, I guess, for the best tag team, right, on the Raw You know what's crazy is I suspect that SmackDown wins the whole thing, and to do that, you got to take two out of these three. Um I really want to say Raw because I think they have the better teams, but they also have the teams that have like so much against each other. Mm-hmm. You you know what I'm saying? Like the New Day does not get along with Luke Gallows and Anderson or the Shining Stars. I mean, the it, SmackDown's teams they 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 seem to work as the cohesive unit, and they don't really have the beef and the drama. Yeah. You know, so I'm going to go with the SmackDown team just based on the fact that there's less dissension amongst the team. All right. Um, I'm going to have to go with 
the Raw team, but, I mean, something's going to have to come out of here to where they're going to have to work some programs into, like, whatever happens, you know, you're going to get, like, matches built off off of this match. So, uh, you know, fan favorites, I'm going to have to say Enzo and Cass pick up the win for their team, for Team Raw, which then hopefully leads to a tag team championship match against the New Day. Uh, they got to give them something else, uh, do something else with them. So, I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna have to pull for Raw on this one, hopefully. The, the guys who've been jobbing week in and week out on Raw, and you're giving it to Enzo Amore and hey, Big Cass. I didn't say the Shining Stars, right? So, I, I didn't say Breezango. You, you know what? Let's have a little fun here. Let me ask you a question here. Out of all these teams, which team do you hate the most? <sighs> um, well, <laughs> on the raw side, it would have to be the shining stars. And here's the thing. If you called them the colognes or, you know, didn't call them the shining stars and they didn't carry out stupid timeshares, I would love them. But you, you made them so stupid and gimmicky to where, trust me, like I said, I like that they're not the Ninja Turtles anymore, the the Los Matadores, but yes. but still, it's like they don't need a gimmick. They just need their last name. That's good enough. So I would take the shining stars that I hate the most. <clears throat> and also on SmackDown, I would have to go Breezango. I mean, uh, I Fandango is fine. He, I still know his gimmick. But then even Tyler Breeze, man, poor guy. Uh, you know, they were fine as like almost like a Zoolander type gimmick. But now they're like dressing as cops all the time. The and fashion like, police, baby. Oh, come on. Like, you're, uh, I'm never going to take them seriously. So, yeah. I figured you, t- you were going to pick uh, Seamus and Cesaro because you hate how uh, – you know, singles guys are just thrown together. Oh, as a I, team. Do, I do, but I'm, there's more hate with the Shining Stars and Breezango than there is with <laughs> those guys. All right. All right. All right. Uh, so you picking Raw, I'm picking SmackDown. Let's talk about the five-on-five women's elimination match. On the Raw side, we got Charlotte, the uh, the captain. We have Bailey, Nia Jax, Alicia Fox, and Sasha Banks. Uh, and, and I'm sure Dana Brooke will be in their corner. Versus uh, Carmella. Nikki Bella, who is the captain, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, and Becky Lynch with their coach, Natalia. Okay, first off, before we even get into the match, like, you're bringing people up to expose them to, to build new stars. Like, for example, Dana Brooke. You brought her up to fill Emma's spot when she got injured. So mm-hmm. build her. Uh, I love Alicia Fox, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, she's yesterday's news. You know what I mean? Like, there's you're never going to put the belt on her. You're never going to do anything with her except for job her to other people. Get rid of Alicia and put Dana Brooke in that spot. And Don't you feel like the women need enhancement talent as well? I mean, we can't have... Awesome match after awesome match every uh, time. I'm, we need a few jobbers in there. Well, I mean, so you have this five on five, but then you're saying that Dana Brooke and Natalia are going to be on the outside. Like, stop. Like, just get rid of one of the people and replace them with that person. And like for Natalia, man, I really wish they would let Natalia do what she can do uh, and wrestle because, you know, she is, you know, the, the vet out of all these women right now. And I think having her just let loose in the ring would be a lot better to where we could have done without, I don't know, uh, Naomi or uh, I don't know what, one of these other people on SmackDown, like it's, you're making her a coach. Come on. So th- that first off, just, I hate that. I hate where they have like a five and five, but we're still going to have other girls around the ring who aren't like the valets or whatever. They're really wrestlers. So that pisses me off first off, but what to do with this match now? You have this is this is your women's revolution, if you will. These are the the best of the best of the the, the main roster women against each other. Um, man, I don't know what to do. Uh, I think that they're such on a, a high horse with Charlotte right now, where she has to win everything, and she has that streak going for her. So I think 
uh, I forget what it is now, but it's like, you know, 12, 13, 14, whatever pay-per-views in a row where she's won. Uh, so she has that going for her. So I think her team uh, could win. But at the same time, since it's such a huge match of like, you know, five on five, her losing, it, it makes her streak ending it ends her streak but at the same time it doesn't make her look weak as a champion and uh becky lynch a weak as a champion but if they get pinned it might might be a little bit different but i mean uh, i don't know i don't know i think i think charlotte's team's gonna win i think uh, the raw the raw women will win this one. Oh, i'm gonna agree with you but i'm gonna agree with you for a different reason uh, they're gonna really turn some heads with this one and i think i think this is gonna be nia Jax's coming out party I really do because they, they're really getting behind her, uh, making her look like this monster on TV. And I, I think you're going to see her beat some ass. And uh, you know what? I, I think, uh, like I said, it's her coming out party. And I think they throw her in a, in a, in a title picture. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe uh, not next month or, you know, but I can definitely see her testing Charlotte in a way that nobody else has. Nobody has been able to be physically dominant over Charlotte. I mean, we've had Bailey get lucky in a match against her and pin her. We've had Sasha Banks, you know, outclass her from time to time. But Nia Jax is just a total different beast. And this is going to be the one match of the night that Raw wins. And I think it's going to be because of her. Well, you know, I think this is a point, too, where you can actually uh, have like Dana Brooke, since she's kind of like Charlotte's little crony to where, you know, uh, Charlotte pushes Dana Brooke out and gets injured or does something to where Nia Jax hits her. And then this is where you could team up Nia Jax with Charlotte as the old, like, HBK, Diesel kind of a, you know, wrestler bodyguard kind of thing. Mm. And, then, and then down the line, you know, have her with – team her with uh, Nia Jax with Charlotte uh, being like a little – uh, a unit, if you will, and then you know, eventually down the line, she gets pissed off and turns on Charlotte, and then you have that little thing. But there's so many ways I would book it. That's just me in my head. But uh, I don't know. Uh, at the end of the day, who's winning this? Are you gonna say Nia Jax is gonna win it for Team Raw? I'm saying Nia Jax is gonna beat some asses. I mean, I don't think she'll get the final pin, but I really feel like she'll get at least two eliminations, maybe three. All right. Uh, well, I don't know really what, what else you could talk about this women's match. I mean, it's it sure will be different, and I'm sure they're going to want to top uh, the boys that night. So we'll see what happens. Uh, moving right along, the five-on-five men's elimination match where we have Chris Jericho, the Universal Champion Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, the United States Champion, Braun Strowman, and Seth Rollins for Team Raw versus the WWE Heavyweight Champion AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose, Shane McMahon, Bray Wyatt, and Randy Orton with James Ellsworth. Your boy, James Ellsworth. Dude fucking made a payday on I don't know what. This is the the match. Uh, what's happening with the 5 on 5 men's elimination match? Raw versus SmackDown. Team SmackDown. I, I have to pick it. I mean, the return of The Undertaker where he says, WrestleMania will no longer define him. He's back to taking souls and digging holes and you have nothing to fear in losing but The Undertaker. So if Team SmackDown loses, The the Undertaker will be whooping some asses, according to him. Does this mean he's back full-time? Will he be making more appearances? It's not just going to be WrestleMania. I don't know, but I think because they brought him out right before, and this is like the clear indicator, you guys have to win this, and I, I really think Team SmackDown takes They really do have the better team, if you ask me. No, for sure. Uh, but I don't want to see like 
I mean, AJ Styles versus Undertaker would be cool. Uh, we don't need another Shane McMahon Undertaker, Bray Wyatt Undertaker, Randy Orton Undertaker, whatever. Um, you know, it's, it's like crazy. Yeah, you know so what? Who, who the Undertaker the literally pin, has you know? victories over three members of that team at WrestleMania. I mean, AJ Styles versus the Undertaker would be awesome. And to me, if you headline that for the Royal Rumble, like, come on, like that's that's awesome right there. And then. Uh, I don't know. This could be the Taker's last run. So whoever does lose, and it almost seems without appearance that Team SmackDown could lose, even though they have the better team, uh, it could just be one big buildup for the next opponent for Undertaker, uh, you know, whatever, whatever match, whatever show, right? Yeah, I, I really I really don't see them losing. I think SmackDown needs the, needs the talent, and I think Raw has a lot of guys that they're not using. And I, and I think this is going to be their way out in, in getting – more TV time and, and, and better programs for certain people. I think this match at the end of the day too is just going to be a catalyst to, to to start some feuds fresh to where could this be the breakup of Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens? They're um, best friends, Credo. Never. I know, I know, but something could happen in the match where it makes them lose it. Uh, could something happen with Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman to where they set up a feud for the U.S. Championship or Seth Rollins and uh, Strowman or something? You know, like each side has like something happens in the match where this guy gets eliminated because of this reason, and that right there will be you know the reason for the next feud of whoever. So it's a you know it's like tossing names in a hat and picking them out and see who's gonna fight next in a way. But uh, it's it's a good break though, if you will, too. You know, like I mean how many each month you have the uh the championship match then you got the rematch then you got the rubber match and it's like just come up with a new damn match for somebody and this kind of breaks that a little bit for both uh both shows to where they don't kevin owens doesn't have to you know defend the belt or aj styles doesn't have to defend the belt but you know uh hopefully it gives it gives breathe some new life into to everybody because the the pay-per-view after this is a smackdown pay-per-view so regardless of what happens the next time uh, these guys get together will probably be, uh, you know, for the Rumble or the the in between pay per views, right? This is true. Oh man, I mean, here's here's a something I want to ask you because we we've been feeling like poor Kevin Owens. We don't really talk about him much, and he's the Universal Champion, and we feel like he's been outshined by Chris Jericho and all his antics, you know. And and you were of the opinion that. You really weren't liking these two paired together. They've really started to grow on me. No, yeah, I, you know, don't get me wrong. I love them both. I love what they're doing, but at the same time, you know, it's like if when you talk about Kevin Owens' run as the Universal Champion, the first, well, the second Universal Champion. I mean, Finn Balor had it for a day, so it's is the first actual run with the title. <laughs> so, you know, his first run is almost being overshadowed with being teamed with Jericho. I mean, he hasn't had. You know, a strong showing, uh, except for, hey, you know, his his buddy Chris Jericho saved them a few times. And I get it. That's how heels are booked. But at the same time, you know, I don't think he needed that. He's I think he's a strong personality alone, but they never really gave him that to shine. It's almost like Triple H said, hey, I want the belt on him. Let's see what he's going to do with it, because, you know, what he's done for the NXT championship, the True. IC championship, uh, beating John Cena on his debut. You know, let him run with this, and then it's almost like creative or Vince saying, uh, "I don't know, let's uh, let's throw Jericho with him, you know, uh, just to just to make just to make sure or something yeah, like that." Yeah, we gotta throw a heater on somebody who gets the most heat out of anybody on the roster. That made no sense to me either. But what, <laughs> what was so funny is, is it's funny you say that. You know, he comes in beating John Cena. He he really brought some prestige to the NXT title, and then they they pair him with Jericho, and I really feel like. You know, he wasn't embracing that at all at first. And now I really see him 
trying to make it work with Chris. You know, it's just some of the funniest TV ever. That's right. I mean, they feed off of each other. It's 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 great. And just Jericho with this goddamn list. He could say it five times in an episode, and I don't think it ever gets old. <laughs> so are we going to see James Ellsworth use some sweet chin music uh, and cost Team SmackDown? Or I don't the know. No chin music. The, the no chin. chin. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, I really feel like he's going to get uh, somebody eliminated on his team, and it's probably going to be Ambrose. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe he does a heel turn and, and uh, <laughs> aligns himself with AJ Styles, oh which would really piss you off oh and make gosh. me the happiest mark in all of another wrestling podcast. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Moving on. No. <laughs> so uh, what are you saying? Who's winning? Who's winning this? You're oh, saying Team SmackDown? SmackDown? All right. I'm going with Raw. I'm going to have to say uh, Seth Rollins. I think you know he hasn't won the championship. He hasn't been around with the championship for a while, so I think – Giving this win for the team might do some good. Uh, but that brings us to our main event, Cooter. Now, that is if they don't add another match here and there within those six hours we're going to be watching. Uh, <laughs> but this is it, man. Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg. And I quote, uh, since uh, Goldberg was just on Raw this weekend, he said he tweaked his shoulder and he's been in so much pain. So I think Goldberg's already injured before he even steps into the ring again. So God, it's one of those things, man, you, you throw in that 56 year old back in the ring and you know, it's what did he do that? He hurt his shoulder. He said, he he said he tweaked his shoulder and that he's in pain uh, or something. He told somebody, but yeah, that's, there you go. Oh God. You know what? I'm in pain every morning I wake up and I won't, and I'll bitch and complain about it. I just take a couple Advil, three shots of vodka and I go to work. Um, I'm so uninterested in this whole match, Credo. I really am. I mean, it's kind of, okay, we get the, the nostalgia of it. Uh, you know, this happened at WrestleMania 20, and now it's happening again. But, you know, Brock is always a beast and probably forever be a beast. And Goldberg, I mean, is, you know, he looked, don't get me wrong, he still looked in good shape. But still, I mean, it's, uh, it looks good on the outside, not so much on the inside. So, uh, listen, I, I, I there, there is like a, what do they call that? A statue of limitations for this kind of shit with me. You know, anything that's been like 10 years in the making, I really don't give a fuck. <laughs> that's really how I feel. It's like, if, if you would have done this, like, oh, I don't know, like five or six years ago where, where, you know, we, we don't have to worry about, uh, Goldberg, you know, pulling his groin, taking a shit, you know, at his age, you know, I might've been a little bit more invested. They, they did okay with, with the buildup, and the backstage segment with Brock and, and and everything that Goldberg has done has been pretty good, you know. But it's twelve years later. Do this, you really give a shit? This is. I think this is one of WWE's problems is that they don't have anybody in the back who's a mark saying like, "Hey, you need to get so and so back here for this kind of match." Like, look at Sting, man. You Sting waited forever, forever, forever. He gets one match, loses at Mania, has another match, and then ends his career against Seth Rollins to where he had no WWE career. Uh, he waited too long, and you know they ruined it. WWE tried. They almost tried milking it too much, and I feel like. WWE is going like, okay, we need, uh, you know, they need to make these big four pay-per-views again each year. Uh, so Survivor Series is going to have this match because some people will be like, well, why don't you wait for WrestleMania for this? But I, to make I get to the make special attraction yeah, shit, I do. To, to make Survivor Series big, you have like the special attraction match. But yeah, once again, it's 
it's too little too late almost. I mean, granted, it's awesome to see these guys being able to still go. But once again, too, it's like you're past your prime and, you know, how good of the match is this going to be? And, you know, granted, Brock has had an incredible year, uh, past few years, returning here, went back to the UFC, you know, he got a win regardless of how he got it. He still got that W. Uh, yeah, he got a positive test for, for uh, <laughs> something, too, but whatever. <laughs> but, so, you know, he's had a, he's had he's still he's still a beast, man. He's that new phenom. You know, ever since he beat Taker at Mania, he's that new attraction. And, you know, having him against Goldberg, I get the nostalgia, but it's like, come on. Are you really putting your money on Goldberg to, to oh, win this? God. And, you know. And then after that superhero for kids promo, it's like, come on, now you're just digging your digging a deeper hole with this. And uh, I know, I know. And that's the thing you brought up the Sting thing earlier. If we would have had one match with Sting, because we got two, you know, the one person you would would have wanted to see it again. And and this was a match that probably would have had no time limit to where I, I would still, you know, like. We we make fun of the Undertaker coming to WrestleMania, you know, once a year. Every year it happens because you know we always say that he starts walking down the aisle at the Royal Rumble just to make it to his match at Mania. Yeah, you know, and we're tired of seeing the Undertaker. But the one match that everybody wanted to see was him and Sting. Yep. So, but but instead of that, we get Triple H and then Seth Rollins breaking his neck. And that's and that the thing. Makes sense to who? Exactly, and that's the thing is like whoever's thinking about this stuff or these matches, it's like. They're trying to milk it too much, and like you gotta understand, just not doing it in a timely fashion. Yeah, they wasted it. Match five years ago, six years ago. Yeah, you 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 wasted. So wait, who did uh, so Taker fought at Mania Bray Wyatt that year, right? It was Sting versus Triple H and Wyatt versus uh, Taker. Mm, Good question. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was it. Uh, So it's like right there. I mean, you you wasted that. You wasted it, and it's like. Granted, I know they're not trying to maybe waste it again, but at the same time, it's like, how, come on, how good is this match going to be? The first match was freaking terrible. There's And now, with this thir- how many year gap in between, you think being that much older is going to make it much better? So, like I said, the attraction, I get it. You've made a game with these guys in it, so you got to put them back in the ring. Uh, but still, uh, man, Goldberg's going to break a hip, I think. Break a hip? He's going to break a hip walking down the fucking... The, the ramp. Ugh, so is the, does this close the show? Is this the main event? Of course it is. I mean, everyone's paying their nine ninety nine to see fucking, uh, you know, uh, a legit badass beat up a senior citizen. I mean, that's literally what's going to happen. How long do you think Goldberg's entrance is going to be? Is it going to top takers? Oh, no. Come on. Because he doesn't walk doing like a, a quarter mile an hour. No. Come on now. <laughs> All right. So we have Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg. Is it the obvious answer? Who's winning? Oh, God. It's got to be Brock Lesnar. We can't have him decimate John Cena with 16 suplexes. And the Undertaker streak uh, basically have has been unbeatable. I don't think he's been pinned since WrestleMania 29 <laughs> well you know when triple h did it of course now now this is the wwe in booking and then they do like to throw a bone here and there to where hey they want to throw a wrench in what we think is going to happen is there any any possible outcome to where goldberg wins and like what does that do for brock like i'm just playing devil's advocate here to where what it could happen what if it does happen it might not happen but 
It's a, there's a slight chance that WWE could be like, fuck you all. Goldberg's winning this one. You know what I mean? Like, and then just to get another match out of it, or I don't know. If that happens, I, I, I thank God <laughs> will just turn off my television and and probably just, oh, I don't know, watch Walking Dead or something. <laughs> well, there, there you go. Uh, Survivor Series in a nutshell. Will it keep me interested not to change the channel for The Walking Dead? So that's pretty much how it sums up this year's Survivor Series. Uh, I don't know, man. I think we talked about everything we could about Survivor Series. Any final thought about this uh, these pay-per-views this weekend? Just a question. Are you going to get a bigger boner from Oscar versus Mickey James or the five-on-five women's match? Mickey James. Boner! Boner!